and welcome to the Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm so happy that you're joining me here again today. And because my passion is to help dads become heroes, it is my joy each week, as you know, to bring you relevant topics that support that goal, especially when it comes to the dad-daughter relationship. And in case you're new to the program, here's the template that will guide our conversation today. On your mark, get set, go. I want you to envision yourselves, dad, standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach saying, on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set is filling that in with stories and stats. And go is always your practical action step where you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today, my guest coach is a longtime friend of mine named Bill Dolan. Bill is president and creative director of Spirit Media, which is a creative marketing agency based here in Portland, Oregon. And as an Emmy-nominated producer and director, Bill has been a part of producing live events for 500 up to 250,000 people. Oh, my goodness. He's directed national and international television broadcasts for millions and has acted as creative consultant for hundreds of organizations from emerging small businesses to Fortune 500 companies. And he's also the author of a new book titled The Seven Disciplines of Relationship Marketing, where he uses insights from his long career to help us navigate in stronger and healthier ways those relationships that matter to each of us. He also does online and live workshops, including individual coaching and marketing services offered through his creative agency, Spirit Media. Well, most importantly, Bill has been married to his high school sweetheart, Camilla, for over 30 years. They have five incredible adult children, three sons and two daughters, as well as one beautiful daughter-in-law. And in his own words, Bill says, the most adorable grandson in the world. Welcome, Bill Dolan. Thank you, Michelle. Bill, I've never done this before where I keep the mic roll and keep the, the recorder going, but... This interview where you ended with tears about your love for your kids, just mm-hmm. saying, call them, don't, don't let a day go by without investing in your kids, because you never know, like you had the experience where you could be dead in a heartbeat and brought back to life. Oh, yeah. Tell me what you're feeling right now. Well, it's, it's um, one of the drivers behind the book, because... Which is called? Uh, the Seven Disciplines of Relationship Marketing. Which means? That, should I give you the backstory? Yeah, I'd lo- I love backstories. I'll give you the backstory. Welcome to Venus. Yeah, yeah. Well, the backstory is this, that after my death experience, I, I mean, I was both enthralled and thrilled and overwhelmed and a little bit in shock. And, um, and I was a person of faith before. But I really wanted to put context to what I experienced. Mm-hmm. So, like a you know a good a, a good kid that was uh, going to church, you say, "Well, what do you do? I'm going to read the Gospels and I'm going to start digging into Scripture." And um, you do it because you think it's going to give you some kind of you know insight or understanding. But what was amazing was that as I was reading these principles. Um, what jumped off the pages was like the blueprint for the greatest marketing plan in history. Wow. 
And I began going back, and there was actually a, a gentleman at Western Seminary who had done work, and he put all the Gospels in chronological order. So instead of seeing kind of bit by bit, everything was like in, in a perfect order, and he mm-hmm. saw it just jumped off the page. So I began reverse engineering it and saying, what happened here and what happened here? And then what are the practices, principles that kind of frame this up? Mm-hmm. And I really noticed there's like seven of them. And, and in the way that Jesus related in the way to people, Jesus, yeah, th- th- yeah, the 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 seven disciplines, and I'll I'll share them with you. The first really core element of Jesus' life was the power of mission. I mean, what Jesus did, why he came, yeah, being on purpose, is totally on purpose and very very deliberate. And you think about how many people go out in life, and we're busy kind of on the the the. The, the hamster wheel just like right. spinning or, you know, use the metaphor of jumping in the river and we're flowing downstream, mm-hmm. we're going with the flow. Jesus didn't go with the flow and he was not on the hamster wheel. He was very, very deliberate and purposeful. And then, of course, the next thing was clarity about who he was called to serve. A lot of times in business or even in ministry, we're, we're looking at who's going to buy from us and we go out and we pursue it. We kind of like, oh, here's our buyer. Nah. Jesus was not built on who was going to buy from me. He went to those he was called to serve. And that also included rejection mm-hmm. and acceptance. But because he knew that audience and he knew them intimately, he didn't start his ministry until he was 30. He had spent 30 years immersed in the culture. Mm-hmm. So, and there's stories about, I mean, him and Sephoris, and um, a lot of people don't even know about Sephoris. No. Sephoris was like the the Shanghai of the Roman Empire. It was one of the greatest reconstruction projects of the ancient era. And a lot of people forget or never heard that it was like three miles from Nazareth. Mm-hmm. So when people think about Jesus as a carpenter, they think, oh, Jesus carpenter, of course, he, he made chairs and tables and, you know, bedding or I don't know what, yeah, you yeah. know, it seems like such a humble thing. We now know from archaeological digs and you get context from who Jesus is and what he said, that he was probably the head of major, major construction projects uh-huh. that had to do with tile and art and building arenas. This was the Jesus wow. that, and also, best guess, or probably by the time he was 12 or 14, he knew a minimum of three to five languages fluent, mm. fluently because he had to speak, you know, he had to know the Latin piece, the Aramaic piece. Um, there was a lot of Greek influence. Yeah. And it was also a travel port for people from Egypt as well. And that area was like the centerpiece of the trading world. Mm-hmm. And the Romans were in the middle of the giant building project as Jesus was a young boy. So he learned these principles about his market, which led to what's the message. So let me ask, how does that tie to fathering? If well, Jesus set the ultimate example for relationships, how would you tie that to fathering? Well, if you think about the seven disciplines, the first thing is that, that principle of why. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have kids because they think they're supposed to have kids. Or they kind of have this nurturing thing in them that says, yeah, I want to have kids. And, you know, do that. Um, if you ask them how many, they might say, oh, I want to have two kids. Right. or I want to." But you really say why. Not a lot of people ask why. And... I had to go back and think about why. And I realized that your children really are your legacy. 
Absolutely. They are the embodiment of your life and your work. It doesn't mean they have to mimic you or anything like that, but they are the fruit mm-hmm. of your life. And the idea of being able to invest in that fruit, yeah. um, invest in them, and to recognize that Jesus made us for relationship. He made Bottom us line, fundamentally, with relationship. him, with each other. Yeah, he, look, he doesn't need us. He doesn't need us to like, oh my gosh, I needed somebody to help me carry in the, the garbage or something. No, Jesus doesn't need that. He did it because he wanted relationship. And, he, and in that relationship, he got to manifest his glory and his love for us. We get to mimic that. Because Especially as dads, right? Building a bridge dad. to God as a father. I'm present. I know my why. Exactly. Investing. And then that other piece is that the idea of, of knowing, you know, in the business world, we call it knowing your market. But to take time to know your kids. Right. I mean, really know them. Most of the time we spend, and again, I'm, I'm just referring to myself. I spent more time thinking about what to protect them from. Because safety is uh-huh. this high value that we have. Oh, I'm going to protect as them men. here. Yeah, safety. Mm-hmm. Very much as men. Safety, safety, safety. And I held that as a higher value than intimacy. I literally don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. That's so powerful. So we trade that off. And we do, I think, subconsciously. It only takes time after the fact that you realize, why did I do that? Why did I do uh-huh. that? Because I was secretly buying into a value and it's not that safety is a bad value but in many times i took the safety and i made it a higher priority than intimacy yeah and so what jesus modeled for us was intimacy Mm -hmm. he knew us he knew us and in the course of knowing us that means hearing us but that also leads to the third discipline which in the marketing world we talk about message yeah well, it does speak to us in saying that, well, we need to be great listeners, intent listeners, present yeah. listeners. Yeah. There's life that we can speak into mm-hmm. our children. Yeah. There's life and there's healing. And we and need hope. it, right? Especially as daughters, when I look out there at what the culture is telling us we're to be, and a lot of it has to do with sexual objects. Oh, yeah. Sexy, kind of seductive, that kind of thing mm-hmm. is what is applauded and lauded. Right, And so, at home, same with a dad, where you don't draw that out. You don't care about that. You want to know me for me, my thoughts, my emotions, my needs, my fears. And it's all, back to your word, safe to be honest about those in your presence. Well, yeah, and you raise a really, really important point. And that comes down to the, the essence that I think all of us live under. And that is we want to be loved yeah. and respected. We want to be loved. Men really want to be respected, big time. Exactly. But the, the idea of being loved, what happens is the world has fed us a lot of, of I, I guess, paths to the perception of love. Mm-hmm. And to be able to speak into your child's life, one of the greatest ways to say I love them is to be present. T-I-M-E. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't get that. I thought, to, you know, um, going to the volleyball game and say, oh, at a girl. Good job, yeah. whatever, you know, like From somehow the stands. loved. And what happens is the world teaches them that if you're seen, if you're desired, if you're heard, that's love. And thanks to social media and, and different things we have on television, we have now converted a new currency, and it's the currency of eyeballs. 
Okay, yeah. say more. Oh, yeah, because eyeballs now can be converted into the perception of love, and it be converted into money. But what do you mean by eyeballs? If you're seeing, well, oh, I'll just give you, I'll, I'll, no, I'll give you the classic, and that is celebrity like a Kim Kardashian. You know, a beautiful young lady who is smart, her mom's right, smart, right. family smart, they're great business people, but she has been able to monetize eyeballs. Huh. And she teaches all of us that if you have people to look at you, Got it. you're valuable. Uh-huh. And so there becomes this pursuit of being seen for in hopes of being loved. Right. And how do you get seen? Well, you either need to say something profound or do something outrageous or maybe wear something provocative. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of ways to be seen. Mm-hmm. And the hunger to be loved is often mutated in all these alternate forms that we think will get us there. Yeah. And who can love them more than anybody? Their dad. And then you think about how many girls to get their dad's attention. Oh, gosh, are yeah. doing the things you just listed, right? But totally. Dad's looking elsewhere. His energy is elsewhere. So I'm going to do something dramatic, maybe to draw his attention back. And I think it's, I've had to prove to them that I really care. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's tragic to say, but for someone that, a father who, I think, stepped back a little bit because I was successful in these other areas, Mm -hmm. and I thought I was being a father because I showed up the big things and I made sure the money was there. Um, Yeah, providing. Yeah, providing. I'm doing that thing. Um, I thought I was doing okay. What I didn't realize is that I'm not sure I felt like a confident parent, and men Frequently, I mean, we all like to win. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that if we don't feel like we're winning, we subconsciously step back. Exactly. Instead of stepping into the challenge, mm-hmm. we step back from it. And then we go back to that thing that we win at. Like I win at work. Exactly. I win in my career. I win at this. Yeah. As a parent, oh boy, I'm still figuring that out. Mm-hmm. So coming in and just being really vulnerable and saying, I, I, honey, I don't know. I am so in love with you, mm-hmm. and I want to be there for you. I want to have that relationship. Um, I went back to my youngest daughter. We had a window recently in preparation for this. And I said, honey, what do I need to know? I love that. Great wow. question. Just, wow. What do I need to know? And guess what? What? I shut up and listened. Come on now. Preach it. Wow. Shut up and listen. We should call this program that. Shut up and listen. Oh, yeah. Just like a brilliant. I mean, mean, we make all these pillows and posters and motivational (laughs) things with kittens and stuff like that. Just put that down. Exactly. Shut up and listen. Yeah. That's probably the best advice I could give myself. Oh, that's powerful. You know, I know you talked about seven relationship marketing strategies. Seven. Yep, so I hit three of them. You hit three. But could I detour just for a sec? Because I would love to hear your story about the caterpillar and what you learned uh-huh. about resurrection because people can get your book. But I would yeah. love to hear that story specifically. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. The, um, in the faith community, we love the word, the word transformation. Oh my gosh, if, if we were like just to, to Google transformation, right. you know, 800 Christian events would pop up. <laughs> and, um, and we like to, to say it. The truth is, and when you really think about it, transformation is a hideous process. And the greatest model we have that God gave us is the, the caterpillar. And, you know, we see it and we, in fact, uh, um, 
again, you're going to see a lot of uh, butterflies on these transformation posters. Right, exactly. You're be the butterfly, of course I want to be the butterfly. But no one wants to be the caterpillar, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so I did a little homework into this to kind of see what does this really look like? And what's fascinating is first the idea that a caterpillar, for most of its existence, it is literally born to be a, a being for the purpose of transformation. In other words, it didn't come into this world to be a caterpillar. Right. It came into this world to be a butterfly. And that idea of recognizing that in its DNA is that you're going to be transformed. It's like, wait, that guy sounds like us. Mm-hmm. That we're born in this world as caterpillars. But then at the point of transformation, what happens is that they go into the cocoon and the digestive juices that they used to use to burn up all the leaves and things to eat, it now turns in on itself. Hmm. And the digestive juices actually start tearing apart and destroying things that were very familiar to the caterpillar that now have to leave. Mm -hmm. And they get destroyed, which is a hideous process Mm -hmm. and something I think we can all relate to. Right. The other thing that happens is that parts of the body actually change. And they transform in a way that makes it now more um, possible for it to operate as a butterfly. Of course, you think about how much we all love change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much we say, you know, I mean, we experience change. Oh, you got to pray for me because I'm having change. Oh, wait, I'm so thrilled because you're having change. It has to go through that. But the third part that's really cool is inside the chrysalis, it then starts to develop things that never existed before. And that's where it starts to develop wings. Mm. Now, there's about 20,000 different species of butterfly. And they, Who knew? And they, they transform at different levels in their life. Some of them take a lot longer. Some mm. of them are later in life. Some of them are really early. Mm. And I was thinking one time, boy, I'm really glad the butterflies don't get on each other because they're not transforming fast enough. <laughs> you know, like we've never heard that before. Right. But the thing that's probably most powerful about this for me is that the butterfly gets to do this in the confines of a chrysalis. But we have to do it we have to go through this hideous process in yeah. front of everybody. Right. And it just reminds me how critical it is, whether it is in business or in a relationship, in a family, or as a father and a daughter, to say, to look in the mirror and give each other grace. Give each other grace to each self, and then look in the mirror and give yourself grace. Because it easy, it'd be easy to look at this process and be disgusted by it, and be concerned that it took too long yeah and only see the failure yeah and see the failure i mean when we're watching things being destroyed uh or watching change that's hard but i think god's promise in this is that if we are faithful to walk in that process with god Mm -hmm. the wings are ahead the desire and the willingness and the promise for all of us to fly in ways we never thought possible is there for us. But we have to go through the death experience to get there. Yeah, gotta go Something's through Something's gotta it. die off. Yeah. And God is the God of the resurrection. Yeah. I mean, that's um, um, really a big piece of the book, is that the resurrection, and, it will, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, is that um, early on the show, I said, let your kids know you love them. Mm-hmm. 
you know, let your family know. And you say madly. Madly. That's your word. You're madly, madly in, love, in with love with them. And this is the thing. When I died, I, had I stayed dead, I would have left my family with an insurance policy and memories. And I couldn't tell you what the last thing I said to them was. Mm-hmm. Well, it was goodbye, feed the cat, you know, water the yard. I don't know because it's what I said. But I can tell you this, that I live every day. Now. Today. Mm-hmm. Wanting to make sure that everybody that I come in contact with every day knows I love them. And if today is the last day I breathe, mm-hmm. they'll know. And the book is a love letter yeah. to my kids, to my wife, and to the world that God is madly in love with them. Mm-hmm. And I love them too. Wow. People have got to get your book. The Seven Disciplines of Relationship Marketing by Bill Dolan. Wow. It's been so great to keep this conversation going. Thank you for staying afterwards. I've never done this before, but we're, what should we just call this for On Your Mark? Bonus time. Bonus time with Bill Dolan yeah. about living intentionally, living yeah. on purpose. Can we call it that? Living sure. on Purpose by Bill sure. Dolan. There we go. On Your Mark. Living on Purpose. Get set. Go. Yeah. Get set. Go. Live on purpose. Live intentionally because you never know when a day may be your last. Oh, yeah. Tell everybody you love them every single day, as many times a day as you can. Yeah. Just let it out. There's an action step. There's the go step. And guess what? It's socially unacceptable, but divinely necessary. Oh, my goodness. We can't build on that. Thanks, Bill, again for staying after, talking with me. It's been awesome. Love you, Michelle. You too, my friend. Well, if you've just joined us, I've been talking with my friend, author, producer, Bill Dolan. As always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com and find free resources. You can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blogs. There's also a link to Amazon where you can buy my book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart, where it's also available on Audible in my own voice. Remember, you can subscribe to the Dad Whisperer podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, where you can listen back to any of the past shows. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been fun to be with you all today. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you dads to make today a day where you are intentionally and consistently investing and pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go Dad. Go Dad.